Hi, I'm Will, a bilingual English teacher and American expat living in Germany. And I'm Brenna, the editor of a literary magazine and a contrarian bookworm. Welcome to Scribes and Bibe, where we get tipsy and talk about etymology. We look up words with weird and shameful pasts or strange and contradictory meanings and then tell each other about them. The imbibing is primarily there to excuse the fact that I can't pronounce most morphemes to save my life. This week's episode was a special in-person session Will and I were able to do last January before COVID hit. We had so much fun together that it ended up being a two-parter. Will's words this time around are all terms in other languages with no English equivalents, so please excuse us for visiting Kummerspeck again. Enjoy! I have... Oh my god, I'm not allowed to talk while I drink this because it goes... Oh, I got right <laughs> into my sinuses. All right. There's ginger involved, that's why. Jesus. So I have words for you that are in other languages, mm. and they have a really specific meaning or a concept that they sort of hug or punch. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm telling you this because... It would be cool if we could express these concepts without an entire paragraph. And these mm. words do that, but in other languages. So to start this off today, I present to you Kumoshbeck. Grief bacon. Yeah, grief bacon, you know it. I've heard of it, yes. <laughs> okay, cool. So it's German, obviously, um, which means it's not really far away from English, which means we could have at some point developed this word as some sort of composite like German does. But instead... We ended up with our translation of grief bacon. Um, but it's more than that, you know? I mean, grief bacon for me sounds like it's the bacon you eat when you're mourning or feeling sad. But kumoshbeck to me is more like it's the fat that you gain because of eating, because of feelings. And in German, I would never understand it to mean actual bacon. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's an American thing. It's like, let's make everything about bacon because mm. the internet is still currently obsessed with bacon. Yeah, bacon is great, but, you know, it's not everything. It's not everything. It's okay. We're prepared to field comments about that. <laughs> I'm all in for grief bacon. In fact, I think grief bacon is about when you have a pig and you realize what an intelligent and nigh human being it can behave as. And then you have to eat it. Because bacon is delicious, and, and that would be Kemmerspeck. Oof. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I would call that Trauerspeck, which would literally translate to grief bacon. Really? Yeah, because to grieve is Trauern. Sometimes it's hard to speak German when I'm switching back and forth between English and Yay, German. Yay, code switching! Yay! Okay, that's the first word. Yeah. You should have a word now. Oh, shit. Okay, do you want... Do you want to go down a rabbit hole of wild conjecture? Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> I want to talk about the word bigot. Not Yay. just because bigots are fun to talk about and make fun of because they suck. Instead, I want to talk about ah, the origins of the word bigot, which are, I'm just going to start here, unknown. And everyone seems to have an opinion. This is like a very low stakes uh, <laughs> war that everyone seems to be having with each other 
Everyone but in this case, maybe a disclaimer, everyone like being linguists. OED right. versus, <laughs> uh, yeah, researchers at this point. Yeah. Um, so we do know that the word bigot comes from uh, the French. It's spelled the same. I don't know how you pronounce anything in French. We're going to go with bigot. Uh-huh. Oh, yes, the bigot. Uh, is from the 1590s, and it means a sanctimonious person or a religious hypocrite. Uh pretty traditional so far Mm -hmm. the thing that we can't figure out is whether it comes from um the word visigoth which seems like a little bit of a stretch uh yeah yeah just just a little bit um the oed uh really doesn't like this one but i really do uh there is a theory that the normans used the sort of minced oath by god a lot and mm. so we're called the bigots, which sort of became... Making them religious hypocrites. The, right, the bigots. And so the, the historical precedent for this is what I kind of want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a long and storied history of calling uh, groups of people we don't know all that well, but like sort of come into close contact with, calling them by the oaths or exclamations or slang that they use. So uh, during, let's see, the Joan of Arc campaign for lack of a better word the english were known uh to the french as the goddams which i think is the funniest fucking thing <laughs> of all time just like just imagine just like oh yeah go get that goddamn and put it take him like into that trench or whatever and, and any then, of us would be like that goddamn what yeah i need <laughs> it's like could you i need a subject here <laughs> i mean a direct object please tell me more <laughs> and uh in world war one uh americans in France, uh, were referred to as les sommobiches, uh, mm. the son of a bitches. Um, Very nice. And so I think, I think that gives quite a bit of weight to the possibility that uh, bigot could come from Norman uh, by God. Which uh, another there's another one for oh that's what it was. Uh, there are also some Normandy based surnames uh, such as bigot and bigot. Uh, which kind of lends some credence to mm-hmm. by God, by I'm mean, using the T instead of the, the D. So like that there was some sort of movement from by God to bigot. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like the counter argument or the other side of this war is, I don't know, does it have anything? The, the OED uh, said that it is absurdly incongruous with fact. Okay, what fact? It doesn't have it. I just... That sounds like a really fancy way of saying fake news. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, can you... We should make like an extension for browsers, so whenever <laughs> Trump says fake news, uh, it replaces yeah, it yeah. with... This is absurdly incongruous with fact, and just... Oh, yeah. mm, immediately oh, upping mm. his eloquence by like a thousand percent. <laughs> no one would believe it was him. They'd be like, this is fake news. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Anyway, side note, a random etymological conjecture would be that bigot comes from the Spanish word bigote, which mm-hmm. means mustache. What say you to that? I feel like that is separate from bigot and its what sounds like probable origins in, let's call them by their swear word, um, because I think bigote, that sounds a lot like goatee. Interesting. And I 
I don't know. I, I those motherfucking facial hair does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have absolutely no evidence to present to say you're wrong. So maybe it's similar. Um, I, I mean, just... like maybe someone in the church who sucked had a big old mustache. Mm-hmm. And people are like, wow, look at that. And maybe he twirled it a lot while tying lady folk to train tracks. Whoa. You know, like, while preaching the word of the Lord. While preaching, the, that's the important part. Oof. No, lecturing her on modesty. Ah, there we go. When he lifted her dress up to tie her feet to the train tracks. And Margaret Atwood at this point would be like, <laughs> yes. Yes, good. I've written about this. She's written about everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes, right. No, it looks like goatee comes from goat goatee. Like, because a goatee looks like the little goat on a, mm-hmm. or a little, uh, Chin hair on a good. Yeah. Um, oh, before I'm not. Oh man, I'm not done talking about bigots. Okay. Then let's get back to bigots. Oh Jesus Christ, there's so much here. Um, <laughs> so there was a thought mm-hmm. eventually uh, in the English sense. So once this moved to the English, uh, that it was actually the French word begin, which I had never heard of prior to this research session. And would you like to hear about begin as well? It's just gonna like whoop. Scoop right in there. Yes, please. All right, let's scoop it on up. So, also French, late 15th century. Uh, the Beguin were a women's spiritual order professing poverty and self-denial founded in 1180. Yikes. So, it's where we get the word beggar, most likely. Uh, okay. That these were sort of mendicants, um, kind mm-hmm. of living in poverty and begging for food and living lives of austerity and choosing to do these things. and choosing Not to do these things. Into it. But that they were also eventually sort of havens for imposters who would use the opportunity to grift people mm. out of their money. Um, so you could get the sense of bigot. Uh, as a religious hypocrite, not mm-hmm. from the modern sense of having sort of prejudice, um, you could get it from these specific people who became kind of widespread in a certain area that they would get associated with that word. That is another option. I didn't know that's where beggar came from. Thought that was fun. Yeah, but... very much so. And also, what a big shift in meaning that has undergone since then, because right. now it's more of a pejorative, mm-hmm. and yet it still retains the idea of well, a little skepticism mm-hmm. when you're confronted with someone who you think of as a beggar. I do see how that could get, because bigotry often has a sense of like moral superiority against people who are without resources, without power, without mm-hmm. status. And well, see, now I've just gone and depressed myself. We need, we need more <laughs> grief bacon. Bring oh, back boy. the grief bacon. Well, um, I like hearing about bigot, and I'm glad that you researched it so well and talked about a couple of different points including the beggar part mm. so that's that's really interesting and yeah it made me feel a little bit bad yeah as we all should <laughs> yeah well now we're going to georgia not the u.s georgia mm. and we're going to talk about the word shimamajamo say it again shimamajamo yeah now we need a beat behind it shimamajamo Shim- oh. okay um and that is describing something i've felt around the holiday seasons of, my gosh, I'm full of this tasty food, but it's so delicious, I'm going to eat more. Mm. And I like this word, 
because it, the example sense, sentence that is provided here in the definition is you should use this to describe when someone says, I accidentally ate the whole thing. <laughs> then they were experiencing shimomajamo. Shimomajamo. Oh man, that word is a lot of fun. But um, Maybe that should be our theme song. Shimomajamo. Shimomajamo. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's just chanting that like mm-hmm. over and over again. Mm-hmm. No. So... I like that word, and I like that concept. And again, the words I have today, they're about concepts that we use sentences or paragraphs for. Um, But they exist as single words out there in other languages. And I like this word because I've felt this feeling a lot uh, about my own cooking. (laughs) Toot that horn. (laughs) But also about really, really tasty food. Where I feel as though I should probably stop because I'm full and have been for a while. But I'm not going to stop. My mouth wants it, but my stomach does not. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, somehow, my stomach also wants it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least my brain thinks that my stomach wants it because it's so tasty. Do you know what, like, the component parts of that? Like, like if you were to have, like, a literal translation of that? (sighs) I don't, because I have no grasp of um, Georgian um, lexemes. I don't know how to put that together. Totally fair. I know Germanic languages-ish. You're miles ahead of me, so I'm not here to judge. Um, but I'm guessing, I'm guessing somewhere in there, it's broken up between where consonants and vowels meet up and hang out. Like, shemo, maybe, might be one part of it, and mejamo, maybe, but I'm also going to go out on a limb here and say there could be some declination, so there's a specific ending form hmm. that it takes, and maybe you'd have to change it up. But again, I don't know how Georgian works. Yeah, it's important to establish. We should have a disclaimer every time we start. <laughs> if it's not German or English, we, we don't, don't fucking know. know. <laughs> we can't pronounce it for shit. Yeah. Yeah. Although, if it's not Shimamajama, we'd be real mad. Shimamajama. All right. All right. You have one? Oh, you have a word? I do. I have a word. And the word is boycott. Now, mm. I just want to start this one out by saying that. I recognize that English is an inherently unequal language Mm. when it comes to gender and Mm -hmm. that the movement to make things more equitable for women within the language, there's everything right about that and nothing wrong about it. But the term girl caught is bad (laughs) and wrong. (laughs) Nobody should use it ever because the word boycott uh, comes from God. This is just so badass. It comes from the Irish, mm-hmm. just doing their fucking shit and just fucking shit up like they do. Uh, <laughs> oh yes, yes, the Irish. The Irish. Brought to you by Brenna Crotty, and a fairly Irish named person uh, <laughs> who admires her ancestors. <clears throat> Captain Charles Boycott, not Irish, English some bitch. He, less ambitious, Mm -hmm. he uh, went to Ireland uh, for an absentee landlord named Lord Earn. Now, this was when the English were all up in the Irish's business, a.k.a. yesterday, but also several hundred years ago. (laughs) And have been since. Have been for quite a while. Someday we'll get to the word brogue, which is deeply offensive, but not today. Today we talk about boycott. Yes. Yes, and Captain Charles boycott, and he was all up in there. And he was taking care of some land. Uh, it was a lot of land. It was going to be harvested. He needed to charge 
the farmers, the people who worked there, the people who lived there for rent. Unfortunately, as you might expect, the English didn't give a shit about mm. the Irish. And they were just like, hey, rent, it's just like $1 billion because we can. We don't care about you. Mm-hmm. And so the Irish did this super fucking rad thing where they were just like, Charles Boycott is dead to the people of Ireland. We will not work for him. We will not pay for him. The postman will not deliver mail to him. Nothing shall happen. No one talk to him. Act like he doesn't exist. Like the most petty schoolyard tactic. And it fucking worked. Like it like was brutal. Estrange him from everything. Yeah. I mean this is in a place called County Mayo, Ireland. So just like already probably not your favorite place to live. Um, (laughs) But here's the best part. So, no violence. Everyone is just, like, not working for his stuff. And he is a big fucking diva. And he's just like, oh, no, the Irish hate me. Hey, England, (laughs) send some people to protect me, basically. So, the English send a shit ton of, like, basically police protection to, like, bring in scabs to work the land Okay. Harvest the stuff. But they spent so much money on that, assuming that there was going to be violence, that they spent more money than they made from the harvest, and nobody <laughs> showed up to commit violence anyway because <laughs> protesting via boycotting was so deeply effective. Right. So that is how boycott entered our lexicon. It is a rad way of telling people that they suck and mm-hmm. that they should do things differently. Wow. Wow. Well done, the Irish. Carry on, good people. Of... Of Mayo County. Of Mayo County. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that. I like mm-hmm. the image of even the postman being like, ah, this piece of mail does not exist <laughs> because this person does not exist. That's a weird detail to include, right? I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to pocket this mail. This Maybe it was like a check or something. The postman was like, I can do this, right? This is mine now? This is my, this is my mm-hmm. money? Yes, okay. Yeah. Boycott, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Protest. Cool. So they boycotted boycott, and they did so without having a word for it mm-hmm. that we know of. Ooh, good point. Fuck that guy, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They committed an act of... Fuck, fuck that, that guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Now, I have a word that I would like to hear you guess what concept it tries to God, wrap up. I hate it when you do this. All right. I know. And to be fair, that's mm. why I do it. <laughs> cool. Um... I'll just get drunker for this. That's fun. Yeah. Here's the word. I'll give you the language. Thank you. It's Scots, which is not Scottish. Just keep that in mind. Scots is its own little funny chunk of uh, English linguistic history. The word is tartle. T-A-R-T-L-E. Oh, fuck. I've heard of this. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but I have no idea what it is. Well, here's a hint. It's onomatopoetic. No, I'm sorry, onomatopoeic. I have never been able to pronounce that word correctly on my foggy. first try. It's like, so, it's like reading the Golden Compass and you're like, the demon. Mm. Yeah, exactly, that <laughs> word. Yeah, so onomatopoeic is yeah. one of the words that looks great on paper and sounds terrible in my mouth. Yeah. Tartle, however, sounds great in my mouth. Yeah, as in all mouths. Yeah. So what, what concept is it trying to wrap up and hug? Tartle. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the sound that you make... When you are gargling a dick, <laughs> you know you get that good tartle sound oh my gosh. in the back of your throat. Uh huh. You know, you know how it is when you're just like doing a good job. 
Dude, I don't know. Wow, I was not expecting that as a definition. All right, but what? But I'm close, right? I mean, or someone is. Sure, someone's close. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's what it actually tries to um, get its mouth around. Nice. And that is the panicky feeling that one has when about to introduce someone whose name you don't, maybe you don't remember exactly. Mm, I like that. And you're in a that good situation. excuse for giving an A plus B. J- mm, I would say. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So you're you're there. Let's say let's say you're at the club, and you're getting drinks at the bar, and you've got your whomever that you just met, mm. and old. Swanson from from high school shows up and is at the bar getting a drink and just like me you don't remember his first name. It's Ron. It is Ron, but you don't remember. Right. Maybe it's sort of like Daniel, Dan, or Beelzebub. And now you want to look good for that someone that you're getting a drink at the bar with. Mm. So, but you can't remember the name, so you tartle. You tartle. <laughs> is it just me or is tartle? Starting to become a really good first name. Tartle? This is Tartle Swanson, you know? Would you do Wait, the... would you say Tartle or Tartle? Well, that's, I, that's a very American thing yeah. for me to not Yeah, exactly, like, where you, where you the turn the, yeah. the T into lovely a D. voiced plosive thing into reality instead yeah. of it being unvoiced. Yeah. Um, kids... I would say both because I like playing with words. I like tartling words in my mouth. Nice. Mm. Mm, yeah. I don't know. What is your best tactic for... Uh, an experience where you might tartle. I try to set myself up to not introduce people. I try to set myself up to be there as they introduce each other to each other. No, I, wait, no, no, sorry. That's not correct. Uh, I try to be there when they introduce themselves. There it is. <clears throat> Oof. Um, well, and that's how you know who your real friends are. It's like your real friends will notice your tartle face. <laughs> they'll be like, that's some tartling going on. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm... Beelzebub, obviously, and then Ron will be like, what up, I'm Ron. And you're like, oh man, I was about to introduce you guys. What good friends you are. Mm -hmm. Everybody wins. Yeah. To be fair, I also straight up say to people that I don't remember their name. Do you? How does that go over? Very relaxedly for me. Nice. Do you think that it's like the confidence? Is it like a confidence thing? Like, Mm. you know, didn't hold on to your name. Mm. Hit me up. I don't know. It... So it's very egotistical because it feels more pleasant for me to just be done with it and say, hey, I don't remember who you are, than worry about the potential social capital that I'm losing by tartling and then fumbling the name. Ooh. As well as having to do the dance of, I hope they talk to someone and I can snag that name out of the air and then pretend that I remember who they are. Mm. Because somewhere in there is, well, I have a complicated relationship with honesty. And I really like honesty, and I want to be with it, but it's not my first love. Yeah, I think I think that's I I think that's good because whenever people are like, oh, I'm like brutally honest, they don't ever mean like I tell people I like their socks early. You know, it's like it's always like I say rude or mean or uncomfortable things mm-hmm. under the veil of well, that's just being honest. And now it's time for me to be brutally honest that we didn't record an outro for this half of the session. Tune in for part two, where we cover It's Swarpok, Grengjai, Spinster, and Ahoy. 
see you in the future.